You're listening to The Voice. Benvenuti a Leuven. Leuven, Jürgen. Добро пожаловать в Leuven. Bienvenue à Leuven. Willkommen in Leuven. Leuven에 오신 걸 환영합니다. Welcome in Leuven. Hello, Leuven. We are back on The Voice on Radio for a new, special and very exciting show. And today we are not co-hosting with Anita. Today we have a new co-host that hopefully she'll become the main host next semester as Anita and I will be leaving. So her name is Nadia and hi Nadia, how are you? Welcome to The Voice on Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Nikos. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm awesome. And how are you? Pretty fine, pretty fine. Adapting a little bit to this quarantine, but, but well, we had to adapt. So, so that's part of the fun of being in quarantine, if I can say fun between brackets. Uh, for sure, yeah. There are some challenges and there are some drawbacks, pros and cons, as always happens in life. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I would like you to introduce yourself to all of our listeners because, of course, they all know Anita, they know me, they knew Philip when he was around, but I want them to know you as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're studying, what you like to do? With pleasure will I. First off, the key to knowing my persona and familiarizing oneself is to listen to the recordings and, and future um, radio shows in which I hope to be a co-host and a host. Uh, but briefly, currently I am a, an engineer student, second year bachelor here in Group T in Leuven. I originate from Russia. I have a bit of experience of living in Baltic states, being precise in Lithuania. So I have hopefully some insights into the culture. What else do I do? I love sports, figure skating, skiing, open to new initiatives, love talking. Therefore, I'm here with the voice. That, that's, a, that's a very nice kind of resume, kind of nice CV. You, you, you have the job. Thank you. <laughs> and, and as you can see, well, as, as some of our listeners can see, basically, there is like this little team from the campus group T at Kielovin that enjoys doing the voice on radio because Philip was part of campus group T, I'm part of campus group T, and now Nadia is part of campus group T. But which specialization are you taking to see if at least we are different in that between the three of us? Huh, great questions. Uh, yeah, engineers need some uh, release, some contact with the outer world. And yeah, we do that through the voice uh, work of volunteering. Um, I'm planning to, well, okay, that you got me there. The most challenging uh, specialization for me would be ICT and uh, electro, um, like electronics. So I would take it. I don't like it, but it's challenging. And I'm, well, kind of, I'm challenged positively. But when it comes to love, I definitely enjoy doing electromechanics and bio, bio and chemical engineering. I see great potential there. So I'm open to all the three uh specializations specialization paths however i think i'm gonna go with a second love will win eventually yeah that will be the case with electromechanics <laughs> okay then, then you will be team philip philip with as well in electromechanics and i will be myself in team biochemistry uh, yeah yeah turns out to be like that <laughs> <laughs> and, and well I, I wanted to ask you how has it been to be in quarantine here in belgium uh-huh. I'm lucky enough to spend the second second load down in my on my second year of uh, presence here in Leuven. So hopefully I had a one year behind my back, full of friends, events, new contacts, materials provided by group team. So despite the fact, despite the common trend for decrease in, in one's activity and so on, I was rather busy and active. Um 
in my residence, I have a wonderful wooden staircase. I was the only person who ran, who runs in the morning, who runs in the afternoon and <laughs> back and forward. So yeah, I was, I enjoy it despite all the potential reasons not to. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm a bit bored because now all the plans that I had, I had the radio show, I had as well a little job at our faculty. And of course, as a biochem, you need to be in the lab most of your time doing experiments and projects. Uh, now I cannot do any of that. So now I just stay at home and do everything from home. But, but as you say, it's part of adaptation. And well, I don't run, I don't do sports, but I have my guitar. So when you are running and down the stairs, up the stairs, and then going for a run outside, I'm just sitting in my bed with my guitar, just in my PJs, enjoying some nice music. Oh, wonderful. We're like two opposite poles that, let's say, uniting here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, well, I'd like to tell once again to all of our listeners to follow us on our social media, so you can find all of our exciting articles on our website, thevoiceluven.be, or on vito.be under the voice tab on Facebook as The Voice International Student Publication, on Instagram as TheVoice.Kilovin or The Voice Student Magazine. And of course, on Spotify, Podcast.com and Mixcloud, you can find us as The Voice on Radio. We have already had two shows during quarantine, during lockdown, and this is our third show. And very soon, on December, we'll be having the celebration of our 50th show from The Voice on Radio, and we are preparing something very exciting and something very nice that will bring back some memories from previous shows. Personally, I haven't done the 50 shows, because we had, of course, the first semester that the show was there, we had Ronald, that was our previous editor-in-chief, but then Philip and I took on the, the role. So the other day I was making the count and I think I've done 20 or 25 shows, something like that. So, so it's, it's a good percentage of the 50. For sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now next semester you will be the one accumulating number of shows. I hope so. hope so. And very excited though. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you'll come with great ideas. And I think that now we are ready to move to our first song because we have a very nice and a bit long show prepared for all of you, but you will not feel that it's that long because you'll be having fun, you'll, you'll listen to nice anecdotes, nice news, and of course, to our special guests that we'll introduce a bit later. So this first song is by an amazing singer. I love this song. If you have the opportunity to watch the video, you should go ahead and watch it. Once again, with my little fun facts about the songs, but today I won't give that many fun facts. So this next song is Neapolitan Dreams by Lisa Mitchell. Enjoy it.
So we are back, that was Neapolitan Dreams by Lisa Mitchell. I hope you enjoyed this song and as you will see with this show this will be a women empowerment show based on the music and as well on our guests because our co-host first of all is a woman, our two guests are women and I'm only playing one song from a male singer, the other five songs are from women, from female singers that are amazing. I was trying to have 50-50 but at the end women have such amazing voices when singing that it's very hard to find a nice male voice that can fit in the theme or the style that I wanted to choose for the songs this week. Great consideration. Yeah. <laughs> now we are following the advice from Anita last week with the show on feminism. We are having more inclusion and having really women empowerment here at The Voice on Radio as well. And now we are ready to move to our section of The Voice to discuss some of our new articles. We don't have that many new articles. I think that most of them are waiting to be published these upcoming weeks. But we have two new articles compared to last week. So the first one is called Homer's Jukebox Cinematex Theatrum Opticum Revived and is by Selina Babenek, a new contributor that is studying philosophy if I'm not mistaken and now you can see why she has decided to do kind of a review of this specific exhibition called Theatrum Opticum Revived from the Cinematheque in Brussels. So little, um, little overview of the Cinematheque. Cinematheque is a cross between a film museum, a cinema and at the same time of course an art gallery. It was established in 1938 and it has had like the purpose of establishing an accessible experience to a wider public. So you know, we know that art has always been like for the rich people, but now with these kind of events and these kind of places, we are hoping or people are hoping to have some um, room for people to experience arts and in a very accessible way. So this event that she's reviewing in this article, the Theatrum Opticum Revived, is a project organized by Susanna Rachowska, which is a Polish curator, and is devoted to the work of an experimental Dutch artist called Eric de Kuiper. So this exhibition was, well, it spent over two weeks between October the 10th and the 24th, and it was a combination of an art exhibition and an evening movie screening. So I'll invite all of you to read this article, and of course, now the Cinematheque is closed due to the pandemic, but you can still have a glimpse of, the, of its magic and of everything that is going on through a virtual tour by visiting its Facebook site. It often publishes links to different kind of movies and as well some information about upcoming film festivals in Belgium and sometimes abroad in Europe. The second new article that we have is called Entered the City of Tomorrow and again is by a new collaborator for The Voice called Chiara Smiths. So here basically uh, Chiara is explaining how Antwerp can be a sustainable city and where it is in the process of doing so. So it discusses where it is based on public transportation, a bike path network, and of course the electric car infrastructure, which are key points in making sustainable future cities of tomorrow. And as I mentioned, basically she is showing how Antwerp fits in this path already and if there are some challenges awaiting for the near future. And as well, we can say, I'll give you like a little and conclusion of it, but I invite you to read this article, and is that Antwerp is not 100% truly sustainable, but it's in its way, and basically we have some examples, for instance we have the traffic on the Antwerp ring, that is all-time high, but you know that happens in Belgium everywhere, even in Brussels, even in the ring of Leuven, if you are between 4 and 5 p.m., it's really impossible to drive in these highways, so it's something common in Belgium, but it's still it's something to be improved, and as well there are a lot of parking spots in the city, which is something that if you've seen here in Leuven, they're trying to reduce 
the uh, streets for cars so as well they're doing it a bit more in Antwerp but the difference that of course Antwerp is a bigger city is the capital city of Flanders per se is the Brussels of Flanders basically <laughs> and that was like the two articles new articles that we have for the voice I don't know if you want to comment on something Nadia on these articles just to encourage go check it out enjoy and share yeah exactly <laughs> And now let's go to our second song. So our second song is again by a very nice singer. And I met, I'm again to my fun facts about the songs. I came, well, this singer came to my knowledge from the group of Kings, Kings of Convenience. That it's an amazing group. I think we haven't played it in the radio show so far, but one day I'll play it for sure. And there had, they had two songs with this artist, then I found out of her, then I, I went to Spotify, played her, and I really love her. So this next song is called When I Was a Young Girl by Faced.
It was when I was a young girl by face. And right now we're going to move on to the news section. But prior to that important activity, activity, I will give a small intro note. So that's not only my first radio show, but a conscious drive into dive into the world of global news and local news. Honestly, I haven't done it for a while. So for inspiration gain reasons, I decided to head straight to the train station. Why? Well, because most of us, bright heads full of ideas, start discovering Leuven from that place. So I, as you can imagine, I had high hopes for this place and Relay, which is a magazine shop, was closed. Then I headed to Smatch, if you can think and visualize the uh, Leuven train station, there is a tunnel, there is in the tunnel, there's Relay, then you go, there is something walk away, and then uh, an Italian place, but not Italian cuisine place, but not Zbaro. And then uh, once you, you leave this tunnel, you on the, your left, there will be Smatch, the shop. And there I found my the evaded corner with magazines and newspapers full of news. Then I opened De Morgan from, from dating uh, Monday, 16th of November. And here is the first header in the cultural section. Powered by Netflix, royal family drama The Crown is extended for the fourth reason. And the main stress will be put on the not so easygoing, rather intricate relationship between Queen Elizabeth II and Margaret Thatcher. Uh, well, as far as I can imagine, Queen Elizabeth II does, does not e need any introduction. But Margaret Thatcher used to be the Prime Minister of uh, Great Britain from 1979 till 1990s. Nicholas, by the way, have you watched the TV series The Crown? I've wanted to do so, but it's very slow going. And during the semesters, I tried to look to watch some more light shows. But it's in my list of to-dos. And of course, as you're saying, this TV show, it's amazing. And will focus, of course, in the relationship between Thatcher and the Queen. Uh, but as well, for the first time, we'll see the Princess Diana, which has been like the most exciting part for many of the viewers. So, so I think it can be a nice experience to watch it. And as well, um, this actress, Gillian Anderson, I think it's called, is the one playing Margaret Thatcher. So so I, I'm, I'm, re I'm really a fan of her. Aha, uh -huh. where else can I can I see her? Where, where else does she star? Because I'm not that familiar with her um, art and her her let's say, project. Yeah, she, she is famous. She's famous for being in the X-Files, but when she was really young, and now and now you can watch her on Sex Education. And she was as well in a TV show that I like quite a lot. That is a TV show from Hannibal. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, ladies and gentlemen, once again, Royal Drama The Crown, fourth season. Don't miss it. Share your opinion and I'll hope for the upcoming discussion. Then, the Christmas is approaching, therefore, B-Post, the Belgian uh, federal postal company, opens annual St. Nicholas Postal Service. Well, first of all, who is St. Nicholas for those who are not familiar with the whole story? It's, it's Santa Claus, basically. But just here in Belgium, uh, who, when I say they, it's hard to who, decide who they refer to, but let's say the Belgian uh, people, they refer to Saint Nicholas uh, to, to instead of Santa, they refer to Saint Nicholas. And Santa said Nicholas are to is the same person. Um, you know, in in different countries there are different 
um, Santa Claus analogs in a way. For instance, I from back from my country, Russia, I know that we have Father Frost, and he's usually accompanied with his granddaughter called Snegurochka. And Snegurochka, if we decompose this this word by bits and pieces, means that she's related to snow and even composed of snow. Um, by the way, she's the only, let's say, usually we think of uh, Santa Claus being accompanied by elves, deers, or, but in Russia, we have the female character, which is always accompanying this symbol of, of Christmas. Then as far as I know in Spain, if, if we talk about Christmas in Spain, not only one person brings presents to kids and, and the whole family, uh, but the three kings, which also let's say the, the whole story dates back to the uh, Christian tradition, to the, to the three wise men who first saw uh, the birth of Jesus. And further, for the further investigation, where else do Nicholas, could you come up with the example who brings presents to kids uh, back in your home country? It depends. I mean, typically like modern families will consider Santa Claus as well as the one bringing gifts. But when I was a small kid, and in many families or traditional families, or all families in Colombia, it's called like the little Jesus, like baby Jesus, is the one bringing the gifts. So, so it's not really Santa Claus, but it's the religious perspective. So it's neither the, uh, the three kings, nor, the, uh, nor Santa Claus, but it's like the little Jesus, baby Jesus bringing gifts to the small kids. So the reason for, for Christmas actually is him himself bringing bringing the kids so not not to go far from the <laughs> from that yeah. and once exactly. again uh-huh once again ladies and gentlemen b post opens annual saint nicholas postal service that doesn't mean that it's just for kids try your best and send a note to saint nicholas and before <laughs> before 6th of december you'll definitely receive something what good question um but the note for sure. I'll do it myself and I encourage you to do, to follow my example. I will be, I, I will be waiting for my gift. I'll, li I'll, leave, I'll leave my window open. Ah, okay. So yeah, it also depends. Of course we can be young in our souls and so on, but yeah, legally I'm no more a kid. Fortunately, unfortunately. So I'll just wait for the note, not for the present. Yes. <laughs> okay. And the final um, news that I brought today is that the cultural heritage takes center stage in new Kyolovan Institute. Reforming, rephrasing what's been said is that within the Kyolovan University, we'll have an additional institution called Herkul. For me, it sounds wonderful. Like if, to, if we first focus on the abbreviation, it means that it is <laughs> searching for that, that it's heritage and then something with preserving, oh, excuse. Still, radio hosting for the first time cannot find the, um, the meaning of this abbreviation, but it's directly related to, the, uh, to preserving cultural heritage. From my perspective, it, also, it is also a very creative, uh, creative name because to me, it rem reminds of Hercules, the Roman god, or Heracles, if we talk in, in terms of Greek uh, methodology, mythology. And so I hear this link with Hercule, this new program, and Her uh, Hercules, 
So if, if, if you write it down, you will see that it resembles. So right now we have the company referring in one way or another to the to mythology, which reinforce, which gives, let's say, gives us greater impression of that being connected to history and to preserving, uh, preserving various kinds of cultural heritage. Um, what's great about this program that it doesn't cancel out the already existing organizations, initiatives, but it is willing to unite, it's willing to uh, open up and one, let's say one may ask, you may ask yourself, why on earth do we need additional sources? Why do we need additional uh, funds when there exists successful UNESCO, worldwide recognized um, fund? And when we have the governmental support, well, I'm ready to answer such a delicate question with the more there's a linear dependency, the more people are aware, the more organizations we have, the greater is the acknowledgement that this or that particular site within the municipality, city, town, whatever, will be known and recognized that with greater care will, will a student or the traveler understand the importance and historical significance of the, if we talk, for instance, of architectural building. So this program, Hercule, this institute, will focus on, on architecture primarily and the historical importance and the meaning. So again, students, direct in the, in the article, it was clear that the organizers, the directors, they wait for opinions, they wait for enthusiasts. And one of you could be listening to us now. So maybe they'll obtain a new enthusiastic contributor. That was it for the news section. That, that was amazing. It was, those articles were very nice and they were a combination. I think they were very optimistic. I think that last, the previous weeks we've had like all articles related to COVID-19, to how hard it's been, to drama in Belgium. So I think that these were really uplifting for these, for, for these times, so it's very nice. We can feel that we are a bit more relaxed with these news articles compared to the articles that we typically have that are more pessimistic. Uh, yeah, we are a right show. We are the voice and the voice, I don't want it to be the cry. It's, it's, it's the happy voice. It's a cheerful voice. And, and, we, are, and we are tired. <laughs> we are totally tired of Corona. So we, we just want to avoid the topic a little bit, but of course today we are not avoiding it that much, but at least we got rid of it during the news section. That That's good. True that. That was that was the aim. That was the goal. And I think we are ready to go to our third song, so I don't know if you would like to introduce it. For sure, with great pleasure will I. The song is called On the Radio by author, by singer Regina Spector. Nicholas, do you have something to add? As always, you have a nice tip. Today I don't have a fun fact for Regina Spector, but fun fact that I can give here is that we are the boys on radio and this song is called On the Radio. Let's enjoy. how it works it feels a little worse than when we drove our hearse right through that screaming crowd 
while laughing up a storm until we were just bone until it got so warm that none of us could sleep and all the styrofoam began to melt away we tried to find some worms to aid in the decay but none of them were home inside the catacomb a million ancient bees began to sting our knees while we were on on the radio by Regina Spector. And now we are ready to move on with our next part of this amazing radio show. And we'll, we're happy to introduce our first guest. So our first guest, as you all know, is the president from ESN here in Leuven. And she is an amazing girl from the Netherlands that is studying sexology, a master in sexology, and has come from a long route through psychology and applied psychology. So Femke, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Are you guys? Pretty fine. Thank you very much. And I would like to start by asking you a little bit about yourself, about why have you chosen to go through psychology, applied psychology, and now sexology here at K11. Uh, yeah, my choice for uh, psychology was a bit weird. Uh, I feel like I was way too young to make a good decision, but uh, sexology actually came from a lot of friends that came with loads of questions about their sexual life. And I was like, I'd like to help, but I'd like to um, know more about it first. So that's actually how it started. Uh, and then I found out that there was one sexology uh, program here in Belgium and I decided to join it. 
Yeah, and as well for well for our listeners to know, you come from the Netherlands. So yeah. why Belgium? Was it specifically for the program, or did you have other additional reasons for choosing Belgium? No, at first it was really only for the program. Um, sexology is not uh, a program that happens often, so it's only here in Belgium, and I decided that uh, I should be okay with joining Belgium, although I had some. Um, I was I was I was a bit afraid of in the beginning of Belgium, but now it's fine. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> and now you have adapted. Yes, yes, but it took a while. Yeah. It took a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's not that different from the Netherlands. Or have you seen that it's um, so different in so many things? Because I've been in both, and I think it's mm -hmm. it's quite similar to culture, at least. Uh, for me, it's not, but maybe the difference makes that I speak Dutch, so I can interact with the Belgians as well. And then we have some language problems and cultural problems. And in the beginning, it was hard, um, but in the end, I, I made it work. So that's nice. <laughs> that that's the important part. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned that you are afraid of Belgium. So uh, yeah. Well, pri prior to coming, so what could be considered as the root of this fear? Um, I think I've, I've been in Belgium as a kid as well and um, I think my biggest problem is that me as a Dutch person is very direct um, and in Belgium they're not that direct so I was very afraid that people would not accept me for uh, being this direct and just approach people and in the beginning I really realized that just um, hopping to someone and start talking is not always that accepted here as it is in the Netherlands um, and that made me like uh, step down a notch and uh, yeah that made me afraid of not being able to make friends but in the end that wasn't the biggest problem got it thank you <laughs> yeah because it's it's true people people here are very reserved with yeah. who they are yeah so they, they they don't really interact that easily it's as well something that with my culture it's being quite different because we are really mm. outgoing we are really friendly <laughs> and and now, now I'd like to move on to discussing ESN. So I know that most mm -hmm. of our listeners have heard what ESN is or have seen some of the different activities you've been doing. But yeah. what exactly is ESN? Uh, ESN is a very big organization, actually, um, because it's all throughout Europe. Uh, it's, uh, it stands for Erasmus Student Network, uh, but it's way, way more than that. It's not just for Erasmus students, it's for all internationals. Um, that come to a new place and have to land somewhere, have to find their way to be part of the city. Uh, and we try to help the students uh, find their way, uh, find housing, find buddies, for example, um, and also host a lot of activities to make sure people can make friends and are not alone and they can find what, whatever is there to find in the city um, uh, with some help instead of just doing it on their own. Yeah, and I, and I know that you are actually volunteering at ESN. So why have you decided to join ESN as a volunteer? Uh, yeah, I mean. it's, a, it's a volunteer job. Like, I don't get money for this. Uh, although uh, last year, I think, this year's last, but last year, I think I put 40 hours a week in this uh, company, uh, organization. Um, why did I decide to join? I've always been part of uh, uh, organizations like this, also in the past in the Netherlands. And I really feel like, it's so nice to, to do something for other people, to make sure that other people can enjoy uh, Leuven as much as I uh, want to enjoy Leuven. Um, that I saw the application for the board uh, two years ago and I was like, okay, 
I can I can see I can check it out uh, and I came there for the for the recruitment event and I really felt like oh this is a group where people are co coming together where they work together where they party together like it was such a, a a tight bond that I saw there just a family that I felt like oh it would be so so nice to be part of this family uh, and that's how it started. Awesome, um, ESN is an is an international organization therefore. Yeah some extra challenging emerging from members' diverse background and culture and tradition are, well, are well expected. So mm -hmm. do you have this kind of challenges and what are they? Um, last year, there were more than this year. I think you adjust to the kind of cultures you uh, come across. Mm -hmm. um, so from the start on, I think last year we had loads of Italians and Spanish people. And me as a Dutch person, I'm always on time and you're there five minutes before whatever you're going to do. And then the Spanish, they show up like an hour after and like how and why. And we decided to be here at nine. Why are you here at 1030? Like, how is this happening? Uh, mm -hmm. But you adjust to these kind of things. Like it's culture. It's what, what they are used to. And I don't think everybody should change to what I'm used to. So I think we have to find a way in the middle. And while coming across all these cultures, I think I found a way in the middle with most of them. Uh, but you have to, to talk with them and to listen to them to make sure that you know okay, what they are expecting and what I am expecting. Uh, and I think, so, yeah. So, uh -huh. hmm? Please, Sometimes please continue. You have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to change some of these uh, normative ideas to, uh, to work together. But I, I think it's mostly possible. Um, but there's a lot of things I come across. Uh, awesome. And so to summarize, could you could you state that the so the, the solution to this uh, challenge is it lies in the conversation, in a dialogue, uh, not just leaving it up to time for it to save the the trouble. True. Yeah, I think I think mostly uh, if you talk about things, it helps. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know how people in Turkey uh, communicate with each other. If they are smiling, if that's because they're happy or just because they're trying to be kind. Um, mm -hmm. And if you talk about, you don't have to talk with everybody from uh, from ESN with, about this to make sure that you have an idea. But if you talk with people about what they're doing, then I think it's easier to understand why they're doing things and to work with that uh, around the, the events I'm hosting or uh, even in my personal life, how I'm communicating with my friends. Oh, it's it's a great tip, not only on the uh, professional level, but also on a personal level. Thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because here we have, we all need to interact with international students. And it's very hard sometimes to understand that cultures are different and that yeah. we should not just change because of that. But we need to learn how to live with those little differences. Yeah, yeah. And there are lots in the end, like we have so many different cultures here in Leuven. It's amazing yes, exactly. that also can make things uh, harder. And um, I, I noticed that a lot of people don't understand why the Spanish have a hard time ordering a beer. Maybe it's because they're, <laughs> they have a hard time speaking English in general. Um, I had a conversation about this yesterday with my housemate and he was so mad about this. And I was like, yeah, but you have to understand that not everybody is in the same level uh, in English or even in living in Leuven. Uh, as others are. Yeah, exactly. No, and as you're saying with the Spanish 
typically Spanish tend to be more enclosed groups, only Spanish people. So of course it's harder for them like to interact with other internationals. Yeah. Because that yeah. you can see it is like if you know one Spanish person in Leuven, probably you know a huge group already. Mostly, so it's not I just that, that people are isolated out there. Yeah. But they're also really trying to interact with other uh, yeah, yeah, of not course, to hate on the Spanish. Like <laughs> but, no, 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 of course not. I, I mean there is in general that they tend to be more yeah. enclosed groups. Mm -hmm. but, but of course they, they try to interact and it's not yeah, all of them definitely. no 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 <laughs> so now referring a bit more to well unfortunately to corona and covid-19 times mm -hmm. have you mm -hmm. noticed like any decrease in your organization's activity in the past year for instance compared to the previous academic years um yes on both sides i think um on one side within my board like there's less work to do for us um, and especially during the first wave, uh, we really, we had to quit our events and we had a very hard time adjusting to the new measurements and the new rules. Uh, so back then we just stopped working. Um, but now I noticed that, uh, they're trying, or well, we are trying to, uh, maintain, um, some events and make sure that there's things to do for, uh, international students, um, in general. Uh, but I also notice it on the other hand, uh, the uh, ESN students um, in the beginning, like, I don't know how, how much they would have liked to have events during the first week because there weren't many. Um, the ones we had, there were people joining, but there's always less than, uh, for example, at a party. Like if we have parties with 500, 600 people, uh, now we have an event with maybe 50. So the difference is very big, but I'm very happy to be able to still host things. Uh, and make sure that people have a nice night if they're feeling alone or uh, they just want to meet up with friends uh, in another way than they're used to. Yeah, that, that's, that's totally true. And even, even now that you have to push students to gather with other people in online platforms. Yeah. For instance, yeah. personally, I don't like games. I don't like online activities. I think it's really mm -hmm. boring. But I forced myself, and last week, I think there was a game night with my faculty, and I was like, okay, let's try it. And at the end, you have fun. And we yeah. have to learn to yeah. live in these in these new life in these new environments. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that myself as well. But I also understand. I heard it a lot as well. Uh, students that are that have been behind their laptop or computer for the whole day. I understand yeah. that you don't want to be behind your computer also and during the evening. Like you want to do something else, go for a walk, go for a run, like be out a little bit instead of behind the computers. Again, we already mentioned this trend for Corona and mm -hmm. how to promote the exchange programs at this particular time um, when we have a lot of restrictions, a lot of guidelines to follow and satisfy. So again, how do you promote exchange programs now? Um, we as ESN don't necessarily promote the exchange uh, programs. I think we have a lot of impact in st on students uh, the Belgium students when they are trying to look for programs. Um, but we are not necessarily working on the exchange pro uh, programs, more on the events for the students that come and go. Um, I, so I'm not sure what to say about this. I think the uh, KU Leuven is mostly promoting their uh, exchange programs by offering uh, their courses, their programs. I think KU Leuven has uh, a very good base uh, in the university world. Uh, and they have a lot to offer, but so I think they do it like that. Um, and we try to still make sure there are events. And I think the Kyle Leuven is really doing well um, mm -hmm. in their way of having courses um, offline or like in classrooms in the beginning of the year. They really try to make sure there's still uh, there's still physical moments. 
uh, they're also still having the um, the libraries open. They're really trying to make sure there's possibilities for the international students. Um, and they really um, worked very hard uh, uh, on the orientation days. Um, so I think they're really, they really try to offer as much for the international students as possible. Uh, but in the end, we as ESN don't have a lot of impact on this. Got it. That's a very positive uh, comment. Yeah, I see hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is hope for, for Caleb and yes, definitely. You were mentioning from your personal experience, well, you were mentioning about the online classes, how the university is trying to support online learning. Yeah. From your personal experience, how has this experience been? Because I know that, for instance, with sexology, I don't know if you have so many practical things as with other routes of medicine, but mm -hmm. still, I think it's different because you need to socialize with people, you need to get in contact with people. I think it's part of the career. So how yeah. has it been for you to do it all online, basically, this whole year? Uh, for me, it's, uh, the, well, the first wave was... Um adjusting but I think it was adjusting for everybody the second way is what for me is actually fine I have a very nice house uh, and there's a lot of contact with my um, with my housemates so it feels like when I'm in class they try to ignore me and try not to talk to me but within my classes I have a lot of contact with them and I can um, talk to them about my classes and uh, have some conversations with them but I really feel like it's too bad that I don't have any contact with my classmates anymore uh, last year, I noticed that after every class, I always had a talk about whatever we were discussing during the classes. Uh, and right now, mostly we're listening, cameras are off because of uh, the internet, internet connections. And it's, I, I miss contact, but I feel like it's enough for me to be able to study and to maintain my courses and um, to learn from um, my program. Yeah, indeed. It's, as you say, it's a process of adapting as well. First yeah. semester was adapting a lot. Second semester, well, second part of the year is 2020. It's a matter of, okay, we have to do it. We don't have any other option. Let's just no. try to yeah. liquid it. Yeah. I think we are ready to go for a little music break. So as we're talking about living in Belgium a little bit, being international here in Belgium, I have chosen a very nice and amazing alternative band from Belgium and this next song is called Ragdoll Blues by Sita Soon. Ragdoll Blues, yeah, brand new shoes, yeah, got hotel, motel, but mama ain't got no place to go, ain't got no place to go. Life's not too waste, no, hey, death boom, 
We had a previously we were listening to Ragdoll Blues by Zeta Zoon, and we continue our interview with the ESN president. Um, Femke, I wanted to ask you, has the collaboration with other student organizations and associ associations been strengthened or weakened during the semester to, due to the pandemic? Mm, I think um, mostly strengthened. Um, it's not that we have a lot of conversation or a lot of contact with the other uh, student associations here in Leuven, but I feel like all the contact is very good and we can always ask all the questions we want to ask. I feel, I feel like there's very a positive vibe around this. Uh, so uh -huh. that's very nice and I feel like we are always trying to help out uh, or learn each other how we're doing things or communicate how, how things went or I don't know there's a lot of feedback and a lot of uh, ideas that are shared so that's very nice great uh, so this times but then within let's say that it's trends and features brought more bonding experience for uh, yeah for yeah here. I feel like that yeah yeah and if so you look at the hear. other ESN sections uh, I feel well it was my goal as a president I have goals myself um, but it was my goal to um, have more contact with the other ESN sections and mostly the other presidents to follow up on what they're doing and how we can learn from them or from them as well. Um, so um, I, I really supported the idea of having a, a group with them and have conversation with them. Uh, and right now, I think I daily have contact with them about what we're doing, how we're doing things, how we're maintaining the lockdown, how we're maintaining things for the international students. Uh, so that's very nice. And we're also uh, working together on some events. Uh, and it's very nice to work with them as well and uh, see things from their pers uh, perspective uh, for once. So I think it mostly strengthens um, their Great. communication. Yeah. See, we are finding pluses throughout our mm -hmm. interview and how we can benefit. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. And you were mentioning like doing these kind of different activities. And I don't, and, and I know that next week we'll have a yoga and wine activity. So I wanted yeah. to know if you can tell us a little bit more about these crazy but amazing idea and as well of some other events that will happen in the upcoming weeks. Uh, yeah, um, that's like my, my colleagues, they work very hard. We have a team of 50 people that work together on these kind of events. Uh, and one of them saw the yoga and wine uh, at another organization that was hosting this. And she was like, this is amazing. We have to do this. Uh, so she made sure she has a yoga routine. She's going to share the routine. And she's also, uh, we're also doing this together with uh, drinking wine. So during some of the uh, yoga uh, positions, you can drink wine to, uh, to lift up the spirit. <laughs> think, that's, very, that's very cool. Things are very nice. Yeah. Uh, and yesterday, for example, we had an Among Us evening uh, on which we um, hosted uh, all kind of games. Well, we started with Among Us, but in the end, all kind of other games happened. And I think this will be things that we will do more often because they work very well. And it's very nice for the students to just join and have conversations in smaller groups. Um, one of the things that is coming up for um, the other ESN sections as well is the ESN quiz. Uh, we're doing that with five other sections and we're working together on this quiz to make sure that there's nice prizes to win, but also we can battle uh, the other cities that are here in Belgium and have uh, ESN sections. So that's also very nice. Impressive. Your teams are, your teams host and include a huge amount of people. So you mentioned yes. that during one meeting that there could be up to 50 people. Um, it's quite a challenge, I think. And how do you structureize? Do you devote, for instance, 15 minutes for such department then 15 minutes for another department? How do you schedule? How do you organize this kind of events? Yeah, so in total, we're about with 50, um, but most of the volunteers are divided among my board members. So mm -hmm. they have uh, meetings with the board members. Uh, and then I have meetings with all the board members together. Uh, to make so it's it's all like a pyramid uh, structure uh, we all have conversations with each other but um, no, we are only twice a year with all 50 together uh, for a general meeting uh, they all have to be there uh, but during the rest of the year everything is structured uh, so uh, we have volunteers that work together with the work group members they're uh, divided in groups uh, and then the um, board members they work together with me and they discuss whatever they have to discuss it's not uh, time-based so if they need um, 40 minutes or 50 minutes to discuss something we will take it uh, but if they only need five that's also fine impressive impressive thank you no worries yes and to conclude this small well this first interview for today mm -hmm. Femke first yeah. of all thank you very much for being here and I know that we are having like a uh, collaboration with the voice as well so yeah. we'll soon have a very nice poetry slam so i wanted to ask you a little bit yeah. about what you can give us uh, on that regard like what is it going to be about or what have you planned so far yeah i, I cannot go in very deep details uh, i know there's an amazing work group member she's uh, part of the trips work group um, so my board member of trips she's uh, having her own group of volunteers and one of them is uh, amazingly good with poetry. Uh, and she, she thought it would be very great to host a poetry slam. So the idea is that everybody is sending in um, their uh, poets and they can um, talk about these poets or um, yeah, um, how do you say this? Sorry, I lost words. Um, 
uh, like, go on stage with the poets um, and uh, talk, yeah, um, so show them to an audience. Uh, and I think that will be very nice to uh, do something differently than uh, we've been doing. And I think it will be very interesting for students as well to um, show what they can do. And in the end, there's a prize and there's a, a first winner. So I think that will be great. Indeed, I think it's like a very nice experience. And again, it's to do something different. Yeah. So yeah. it's not always that you find the same activities and it gets boring, but you try mm -hmm. to innovate and yeah. it's really nice. And, and even you're surprised on how many people actually love poetry and love these kind of activities. Yeah, I, I think there's a, lot. Last... Yeah, there's a lot. I'm always very, very amazed by the fact that there are so many students showing up for these kind of events because it's like, I, sometimes I don't, um, don't, um, think about that, that there are so many students also loving these kind of things. Uh, but it's nice that she thought about it and she's going to uh, make sure it will work out. Yeah, exactly. And we are really looking forward to it as well. And hopefully <laughs> we'll have a nice coverage for the boys on that, that so. event. Yeah, it would be great. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time and thank you for being here with us. But I know that you've brought as well for today your body. I'm not sure if it's with a body program or if it's just someone you met. Yeah, no, it's um, Pangaya is um, helping us with the buddy program. Uh, so they're matching up students uh, who are incoming with the students that are here uh, for a longer period of time. Uh, and I'm matched up with Marie. Uh, so she's my official buddy uh, in Leuven. Okay, that's amazing. And well, Nadia, I'll let you introduce our next guest, Marie. Oh, yeah, we, had a, we have a wonderful link and I'll make most of it. So... We'll hold an interview with an Erasmus Exchange student, student originating from the Czech Republic, glorious capital city called Prague. Marie is studying medicine in, in Prague and she'll be here in Leuven for six months, so both semesters, and right now we'll hold a conversation with her. Marie, hello. Hello, hello. How are you today? Very fine, thank you. That's wonderful. What do you like to do during your free time? Do you have any hobbies? Yeah, of course I do. Um, I like, I enjoy running, especially here. And I like horse riding and hiking and reading. Yeah, that's the most, and photography and volleyball. These are the most. Very multicultural. Favorite. Impressive, yeah. impressive. <laughs> and um, if you don't, don't mind, I'll ask you a bit more um, about your study career. Um, you study medicine and do you, have, mm -hmm. do you volunteer for in the field or are you involved in some follow-up research currently? Well, I, do, I have to work. So I do work in the field in, as a nurse and I also volunteer uh, I do, to provide free medical care to homeless people. And sometimes mm -hmm. I did some, like, uh, I went as a paramedic to summer camps and, and stuff like this. Oh, that's so great. So great. <laughs> I would like to ask you, why have you chosen to go for an exchange program right now? Because I know that many people have decided not to go on exchange program during Corona, but why have you chosen it? Why were you encouraged to do it? Well, I always wanted to go for some adventure. I wanted to leave the country at least for a while. And last year it was, even before the Corona, I, did, I just decided it's time because I wasn't very happy at home. I was working a lot and I did not have any free time and I couldn't 
meet with people and I didn't even have time to sleep enough or to study enough and I started to feel burned out. So I decided I'm going to leave. <laughs> and I assigned it to this faculty. Uh, how's it go? Well, I signed it for this program and it's somehow it worked out. And here I am, but I, actually I must say, I'm very happy that I went here even with the Corona because I would rather be locked down here than in Prague. At least you can have a little bit of the experience here. For sure. Yeah, of course. Sure. And also like here it's, it's a small city and it's a beautiful city and it's surrounded with nature. In Prague, I would, I always felt suffocated because if I, there is no forest within reach and there are all buildings and I'm in, more into nature. And also the, the city here is also so beautiful. And every time I step my foot outside, I'm going for an adventure. And even when grocery shopping or, or to the post office, it's always a, a nice experience. Marie, throughout your story, I had the feeling that, that Leuven and, and coming here to Belgium was kind of a break, um, interruption <laughs> of that normal life of um, it, it back in, in the home country. But I don't know how much, like what is the extent of the spontaneity? Therefore, I'm going to ask you, how did you make your choice regarding the country and the university? Mm -hmm. Well, if I would supposed to go, so I had to uh, get some points and based on those points, I, I could choose where to go basically. Sure. And I'm simplifying it. And if I wouldn't go to, to I had made my choices based on the university ratings. Mm -hmm. It's the first one. That's why I'm here. <laughs> and also I wanted to go somewhere which is near which, uh, where I wouldn't have to take a plane because I have my cat here and I didn't want her to suffer in a plane. <laughs> so I needed something which is close. And also like I don't, I don't speak Dutch at all, but I do speak a little French. I studied French for nine years, so I do have some, some basics. <laughs> Um, not little after and, all, right? No, 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 no. Trust me, trust me. I only have the basics. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, and here, at least, uh, if I can maybe change the language on the websites to French, or mm -hmm. uh, if I meet somebody who doesn't speak English, which is rare here, really mm -hmm. rare, I can switch to French. So yeah, the, right. the language, the the distance, and and uh, mostly the university ratings. It's hard for me to, to not to ask. So you as a French speaker arrive here in Leuven and then you go to the train station and you hear that Spoor, Dave, and then Nar, Leuven and so on. A lot of, a lot of those Dutch um, names. How did it feel for, for you, let's say? Were you expecting the dominance of French language in this region or no? Uh, no, 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 not at all. I'm. A, I really. I'm emphasize the fact that I don't speak French. <laughs> I okay. was never really motivated <laughs> that I can like uh, speak some basic and I, I can like ask for direction and stuff like this. But I am not. I'm like, especially when understanding the spoken language, I am really bad at it. So yes. Got it. And during the stage of um, defining where to go. What is your next uh, adventure? Did you ask your friends or family or contact a representative from a particular education institution? Well, Kyle Leuven in, in our case. No, I, I did not. And I was surprised because uh, the uh, 
the university and the hospital here, they have a huge name in Prague. Really huge mm -hmm. name. And they did not expect that. <laughs> and so every time I told somebody that I'm going to Levin, they, they would say, oh, that, that's really nice. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> So yeah, it, it was. I did not expect it. I did not ask anybody before uh, I applied for Levin. Got it. Got it. Rapid choice and yeah, like uh, guy, you lose Cesar. You came. You won. You left. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and and of course, coming from Czech Republic, an amazing country. I love it. <laughs> it's really impressive how you can get so much beer there for so little price and it's delicious. So for all beer lovers, I totally recommend you to go to Czech Republic. Of course, you don't have like that white variety, but you have like the one that it is, you have the Pilsen and then you have it and you enjoy it. But regarding all of these little things that are very common from Czech Republic, what have been like the biggest cultural differences coming here to Belgium? That culture is very different as well. The landscape is very different. And even with the food, if you compare it, you have like more tra traditional dishes in Czech Republic than here, at least in a part of Flanders in Belgium. So what have been these differences that you've noticed most? Well, I would say what I was surprised that everybody is so nice here. Really, everyone is so nice and everyone speaks English really well. I maybe not the right to ask because I'm not here for long. And also with the COVID, I haven't experienced much of the of the city and the city life and the culture so it it's difficult question <laughs> i haven't noticed much and from the academic perspective because i don't know if it works like this in back in czech republic in, at your university but here to have like only one exam at the end of the semester with some subjects or to have like these mm -hmm. almost 100 percent exams mm -hmm. have you felt like any challenge regarding the academic differences well, we had the same system from the first year to the third year and since the fourth year we have a different one so we have only one course at a time we always uh, have like i don't know ophthalmology at, at, at one time and we would uh, come to the hospital they would give us a lecture for one or two three hours and after that we, we could go to to the wards or to the or it, you, we can usually choose if we want to see something more and what we want to see. And then after one week or two weeks, three, four, it depends on the subject, we could uh, we, we would do the exam and continue to another course. So we would have like every wow. three, three weeks, you would have one exam and then continue to another subject. And compared to the system of just one exam for all subjects at the end of the semester, which one do you consider better for medicine? Because that system sounds amazing, to be honest. <laughs> But, but I don't know if, how you feel about it. Oh, it's hard to say. I, the difference is that before I would work during the semester and then I would finish work for, and I would study hard for one month or two months, it depends on the semester. And I would be okay, but now I have to go to work and do the exams at one time. And I felt really stressed. I don't know. Like if I didn't have to work, it would be much easier to do better for me to focus only on one subject. But yeah. Got it. Got it. <laughs> We've mentioned that uh, you already have some hints, some clues of what life may be here like. 
But have you found any opportunities at uh, Kau Leuven to integrate yourself into Belgian culture? Uh, yeah, well, I signed it to uh, the trampoline jumping once. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also over the um, Erasmus program, I, I signed it to laser tech. Mm. And besides it, I, I traveled, traveled, uh, oh, they, they can see that. <laughs> So yeah. I I, went, I don't know how to call it in English. Never mind. So I went to um, see Ostend and Ghent and Mechelen at least before uh-huh. everything closed. Uh, now I'm exploring Leuven at night at least. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, once you have a walk, once you have a have a peaceful uh, exploration uh, session in Leuven, could you spot that? Or could you answer the question, how is the student life here uh, during the pandemic? Is, could you see people coupling, uh, couples talking and then leaving, having a drink or something like that? Or it's silent mostly? I think that mostly people are meeting at home now. Oh, like, like, yeah, you can, uh, when, when there is a uh, good weather outside, I can see a lot of like uh, two or three people um, groups in the park. Mm-hmm. But in the night, I think everybody is closed at home. Okay. But only three or four people. And Erasmus program is not only about studying, but also about meeting people. Uh, right now, it may be slightly more, not harder, but rather challenging to meet new friends or make acquaintances. Uh, is there opportunity for you or let's say, do you still manage to interact uh, a lot with the other Erasmus students or students uh, not, not, not belonging to the Erasmus program right now? Well, I'm not particularly looking for new friends. I collected some <laughs> friends at least uh, from the beginning and uh, I'm quite fine with that. Um, and I don't really, I'm not the kind of a person who needs a lot of uh, time with people. I, mm-hmm. I don't mind being alone. But like of course there there are some opportunities to meet people online, but it's not my uh, cup of cup tea. of tea. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Okay. Thank you. Of course, you were you were mentioning Nadia that you have like some challenges as well with meeting people, and of course with having different kind of activities. But I know that for sure you came with a certain mindset when you chose to do an exchange during these times, like, okay, with COVID, things will be different, things may be different. But what has been that challenge that you did not anticipate that came as a surprise here? Well, I had to go to quarantine because when I, when I came here, the Czech Republic was at, uh, in red zone. So I came here and had to spend two weeks in the quarantine. Well, there was this beautiful city outside, and it was it was still summer there. <laughs> and when when I came here, it was it was it was summer, and when I got outside, it was already fall. Yeah, so I wanted to like shorten the quarantine, but the only because I had to get tested and go to quarantine. And I got tested negative and still had to stay. But there is a possibility to shorten the quarantine if I would uh, go to another test uh, on the ninth day and got tested negative. But at the time, the uh, the labs were overwhelmed and it would take three days to get the results back. So I could leave the quarantine on the twelfth day, but I would have to pay 27 euros just for the uh, just for the two days. 
So yeah, I had to stay in the quarantine for the whole fourteen days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, indeed, it was not worth it. And for instance, now are you planning to go to Czech Republic for Christmas to visit family, or are you planning to stay here? I think I'm not sure. Maybe I would have to go to the the quarantine also in Prague now if I came back. I'm not sure, but I can come back because of the cat, and I don't want to drag her back and mm -hmm. and forth. So I, I always planned to stay here. The plan was that I won't leave in the six months. I took all my property that I have. <laughs> I have it here. And the plan was that all my friends would come to visit. So that my family would come here for Christmas to celebrate Christmas. And my friends would come here for uh, the New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I will probably have to celebrate Christmas via Skype or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just staying here. Yeah, yeah, everything is about uh, adaptation and as well with the new K-11 regulations that they want you to be here by the 26th, not to go. It's really complicated. So most of us at the end will be spending Christmas, as you said, like, yes, Kai, cooking the same thing from the distance and then just enjoying <laughs> Christmas from the distance. Yeah, exactly. At least I have the cat. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's very good company. <laughs> that's like, the bad I, I have... <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think we are ready again for another music break before finishing our very nice interview with Marie. And this next song is called Hold Heart by Emiliana Torrini. opportunity to listen to an amazing song called Cold Heart by Emiliana Torridi and we're back and we're ready to continue the interview with Marie an Erasmus Exchange student here in Leuven. Marie your experience here is not yet completed you have you have Christmas you have 
a bit of spring and, and summer probably coming up. But right now, can you think of the person or the experience, like adventure, that you will remember for long, if not forever, of course? I would rather not talk about people because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So I will Very focus diplomatic. on the water part. Very diplomatic. <laughs> so I will focus on the water part and it would be the day that I came here because I had to drive here by myself in the car and I came here after nine hours in the car and the sun was shining and it was 25 degrees and the, the buildings and the bikes everywhere and I was I was stunned. It was, it was amazing. It was breathtaking view. So I will, I think I will always remember that day. Oh, breathtaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, ver a very nice experience to remember. And, and even just the, all the trip with the car, even though it's tiring, I think it's very enjoyable because the landscape <laughs> coming from Prague, it's very nice. It's like, I've done it with my family and really for instance, um, high roads and the countryside in Czech Republic is amazing. And then you enter to the Germany, it changes, it's more city. And then you come to the Netherlands and Belgium and it's quite different. So everything is changing little by little. Yeah, yeah, it, it was fun. The trip was fun. And I was listening to audiobooks or to some music. And, and actually, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Queen, huge fan. And when I came here, the, 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 at the moment that I crossed the borders to, to Belgium, the Queen were playing in, in the radio. So I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> very, that's very called something to remember. And now going back to your experience here, but saying, okay, let's forget about Corona. Corona did not happen, but you're still in these conditions. But okay, let's say Corona did not, did not happen. If you wanted to change or improve something about this experience, what would it be? Of course, not Corona related. Probably nothing. <laughs> uh, there's the only thing that I had problems with uh, was finding a place to live. It was impossible. Uh, it took me two months and it comes back to the cat again. <laughs> so like people in Lewen, they had hate cats or I don't know, I don't understand it. It was impossible to find something to, some place to live. I had to write to 97 people one by one before I found oh. something. Yeah. Oh. Such but I was devoted. I didn't want yeah, to housing, leave my cat in Prague. Yeah, no, and housing in Belgium is always a problem. As you say, with pets, because here in the student cities, typically they don't allow pets anywhere. That's true. Yeah, exactly. But you managed to find a place. That's the important part. And you, <laughs> you were able to enjoy some time with your cat. Yeah, cats, but it was a challenge, really. Cats are, yeah, they're special. Uh, they're special, wonderful. They're just cats. And the question is, how does the cat find Leuven? Um, maybe, yeah, <laughs> let's say, how did it find your place and uh, was it this whole effort worth it for the cat, of course? Well, <laughs> I'm not sure if she's happy here uh, because I, the only thing that I found, which it, it was not ideal because I was always looking for something with the windows so that she could look outside. But mm -hmm. here I only have one window, like roof window, and the other window uh, is looking to the wall. So. Uh -huh. But sometimes I, I, I'm taking her to have it on a leash so that she could Aww. experience something. <laughs> that's very sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, the but, that's, 
but does does she walk in the leash? Because back in Colombia, I had a cat. I tried to take it to the park with a leash. It was a pain to make it work. Well, there, I have to go quite far so that there are no people uh, uh, around. And if there is some someone passing, I just have to hold her, and she would hide in, in my uh, arms. Uh, but but if there are no people around, she's okay with it, and she's walking and sniffing and eating the grass, and she's really enjoying it. Ah, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> cat the cat, awesome. Oh, I I can't find the words for the next question. I'm so cherished and and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, imagine an individual our listener, for instance, considering an exchange program next semester, but severely hesitating due to the reason we all know. Would you encourage him or her to go an exchange program? Yeah, I surely would. I surely would. Because, uh, first of all, the the online lessons uh, that Kyle Levin is providing are are amazing. Like, the lectures are amazing. And also, they have this... Uh, in the faculty internet system. I don't know how to call it, but we have this also, but it's not as, as smart as this one is. Uh -huh. And there is also this collaborative, the video chat thing, mm -hmm. which allows people to, to have those lessons the tool online. on Toledo, you mean, the Blackboard collaborative. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh -huh. So we don't have that. And usually there, I think there are more prepared to, for the online lessons and for, for uh, just having this education uh, dis in, in distance, oh, distantly, I don't know how it, it's called, but in, in Prague, they, thought they did not, but they were not prepared for that. Mm -hmm. And you, mm -hmm. can, you can see the difference. Um, and also there, it's better to be locked down here than in, than somewhere else, especially in the city. And but I, I have been living alone for a while, so I don't mind being, being away from the family and being away from, from my friends because we didn't even have time to meet even when mm -hmm. I was in Prague. So the difference is not that big for me at least. What would be the tips that you would give to the potential newcomer, to the potential exchange student? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I must say it might be better to go living in a dorm room because I couldn't go to the dorm rooms with the cat. But mm -hmm. since there are people living there in like 10 people together and everybody has uh, their own room, I think that it's maybe nicer than being mm -hmm. alone here in the studio. I would rather go somewhere where other students live. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't bring the cat if I <laughs> if I didn't have to, but I wouldn't like leave her in the park. So for the ones who don't have this uh, happiness of uh, having a pet friend, you would suggest going to people. You would suggest uh, applying for yeah. the mm -hmm, this kind of residence. Got it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And now regarding all of the experience that you've had in Belgium and well, would you still have a couple of months to enjoy a bit more? What are your plans after finishing the exchange program and possibly after finishing your academic and career in, in medicine? Are you planning to move elsewhere or are you planning to just stay in Czech Republic? What are your plans for your initial ideas, of course, your initial prospects? Well, that's uh, that actually changed now since I, I came here and it's changed my uh, view on life. And I decided I'm not going to stay in Czech Republic. <laughs> and, yeah, I will probably apply for a residency abroad, maybe 
Belgium, maybe somewhere else, I don't know, but I for surely leave. <laughs> or at least I will try my best <laughs> to leave. And I would like to become a, an abdominal surgeon after that if everything goes well. So great. So great. That, that sounds very exciting. Yeah, yeah, it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so unfortunately, we've reached the end of this interview, of these amazing interviews we had with Femke and Marie. So in the first place, thank you very much for being here. It was our pleasure, even in these circumstances of doing it via Zoom, that we made a good interview out of it. Thank you very much for being here. Yeah, thank you for inviting. Thank you, ladies. You're very welcome. <laughs> Thanks. And Nadia, thank you very much as well for co-hosting with us this amazing show. And of course, we, our listeners will listen more um, to your voice in these upcoming weeks and as well next semester, because as you all know, some of us will be leaving next semester. So Nadia will take over our jobs <laughs> at The Voice on Radio. And so thank you very much for co-hosting today, Nadia. Thank you. It was a great experience and hope for more. <laughs> And for all of our listeners, you will find that I'll take two weeks free these two upcoming weeks. So next week, you'll be listening to a very nice show on sustainability with Anita and our editor-in-chief, Barnika. And two weeks, and in two weeks, you will have Nadia back with Anita on a very special show as well. So I would like to invite you one more time to follow us on our social media. You can find our website, thevoiceluven.be or vito.be under the voice tab on Facebook as The Voice International Student Publication, on Instagram as thevoice.kluven or The Voice Student Magazine. And of course, you can find all of our podcasts on Spotify, podcast.com and Mixcloud as The Voice on Radio. And it's time to say goodbye, unfortunately, but we'll see you next week and we'll leave you with a very nice song to end this show with a little romantic tone. So this last song is called You and I by Ingrid Mikkelsen. Till next week. Don't you worry there, my honey We might not have any money But we've got our love to pay the bills Maybe I think you're cute and funny Maybe I wanna do what bunnies do with you If you know what I mean Get rich and give everybody nice sweaters and teach them how to dance. Let's get rich and build a house on a mountain, making everybody look like ants. From way up there, you and I, you and I. Well, you might be a bit confused. And you might be a little bit bruised. But baby, how we spoon like no one else. So I will help you read those books. If you will soothe my worried looks. And we will put the lonesome on the shelf.